what's up? It's your girl, Father Longlegs. You know me, Daddy T. Um, thank you for coming back to season six of You Can Tell Me Anything. I'm so sorry you can hear crinkling in the back. I am watching my sister's dog, um, and he is having some fun with his toy. And he just is having so much fun. I don't want to stop his fun. Um, but, okay, so <laughs> I have couple shows coming up on the road. I will be in North Carolina, um, Greensboro, North Carolina to be exact, on September 9th and September 10th. I think last week I said it was the 10th and 11th. That is incorrect. I am sorry. It is the Friday and the Saturday night. Um, all I think all the shows are happening at the Idiot Box in Greensboro, North Carolina, but I am still waiting for final confirmation because there may be a couple like off-site venues, but everything will be in that area and it is part of the North Carolina Comedy Festival. So if you're interested in coming to that, but you're not sure how to get tickets or whatnot, feel free to message me or check out um, nccomedyfestival.com. Um, but once I get all the details, I will update my website, tracelycomedy.com slash shows. That should be a fun time, especially if you live in that part of the world and didn't come to see me on tour. Uh, I'll be back just for that. And uh, I don't really have any, any big announcements. Uh, I was just in New York for the Asian American International Film Festival. I saw a great film called Therapy Dogs. Um, it's not about therapy dogs. I don't know how else to describe it, but um, this, these two amazing filmmakers who are very young, um, one of them is, well, the director's 21. His name is Ethan Ang. I would love to get him on the show, so we're gonna work on that. But um, I told him he reminds me of my brother in like good ways but um but also if you watch the film you'll kind of understand if you've heard me talk about my brother um so yeah that was great and i'm very excited it kind of gave me like a renewed sense of like i don't know burst of energy and hope for the future and art and all that um yeah and at some point i will be putting my short up i think soon i think we're nearing the end of our run but um uh, have nothing to announce in that regards yet um, so yeah, if you guys have anything else, I mean, this feels so casual right now because it's a very chill intro, but if you have any guests that you want to see on the show or, you know, Rex and things like that, I'm always down to take them. Um, you know, we still have, we have quite a bit of the episodes for the season recorded already, but there's definitely going to be more and I would love to hear your recommendations. You can message me at... Teresa Lee Bot on Instagram or email me, tell me anything pod at gmail.com. And you know, we've got a Discord, okay? I know there's like a good little group of eight of us in the Discord, but you can join the Discord. I check it, and basically, I feel like it's like a group chat where I only talk to one person at a time. Um, but you guys can talk to each other. All right, anyways, I, I won't tell you what to do. Enjoy this episode with Bianca Cristobal. Um, I will post her link. To her late night set, because since we had this interview, she has done her late night set, and it was awesome. So you guys check that out as well. Um, here is Bianca Cristobal. All right, bye. You can tell her, you can tell her anything. She's a real good listener. You can tell. What's up? It's your girl, Father Longlegs. You know me, Daddy T. This is You Can Tell Me Anything, the podcast where comedians confess something they want to get off their chest. 
I'm really excited for my guest today. Um, I love when we have like a reschedule and this is no shade at all because this has happened multiple times, especially in this age of being busy and booked and everyone I'm having on getting busier. But I love this particular um, guest story who I'm about to introduce, but I'm gonna tell you the story because last time we were gonna do this, maybe like twice she booked something and then like got another thing. And then this time she, we did make it work, but she had three callbacks today. So maybe this pod is a good luck charm. Not sure, but I'm so excited to have on the show. Bianca Cristobal, what's up? Hey, what's up, T? What's up? Love. You know, now that you mentioned it, maybe I should have just waited with your podcast <laughs> for another couple of months. Maybe I booked this thing, you know? Yeah, Damn. That's so funny. Maybe um, one summer I did a, because I was kind of like lazy and didn't want to do, this is during quarantine didn't want to do the pod fully but I wanted to just check in so I did a congratulations thing where basically like I just checked in with one person over a month every week and we just like congratulate each other on like anything big or small but actually it was kind of fun looking back oh, yeah so I'm like maybe yeah maybe maybe you know we can do a replay and when you get your next big thing or something <laughs> I'll see love it um, well, before we get into it, I like to ask my guests um, for a good confession. It's not like really a confession. It's just an icebreaker, like something that you're proud of or excited about just to start off on a positive note. Um, it could also be oh, like, oh, here's something. Thing. I, I think I should be on the, on the uh, I should be on the late night with uh, ah. Yeah. Oh my God. Congratulations. Only a couple of weeks. Yes. Yeah. So by the time this comes out, you can watch it online um, Hopefully. and you will have crushed it. Unless they're going to be like, ah, no. No, don't say that. Manifest all the good things. Um, that True. is huge. Oh, my God. I can't wait to watch. I um, I will, yeah, well, I'll link it in this episode's comments because by then, in the future, it will have happened. You'll have crush, you know, <laughs> too big to even promote this show. Um, <laughs> congrats. Well, um, I did start this pod because I, it's sort of loosely based on me going to therapy in, in that, like, I would just like to confess things and get things off my chest. Um, but it's not really about therapy, but I do like to ask my guests, um, since it's kind of a jumping off point, like what's your sort of like self-care routine? You know, do you go to therapy or do you have like, you know, if you're feeling bad or need someone to talk to, do you have like a confidant? Um, there's no right or wrong answer. It's just fun to hear everybody's like, sort of like, what do you do when you're stressed kind of situation? You sound like a therapist. <laughs> I, you know, I really started this as a fan of therapy and now I'm like, I find myself going like, should I? But I'm like, no, no, it's like never meet your heroes. I would probably, I already like would not like, I'm the thought of it makes me not like therapy. If I have to be good at it, like I, you know what I mean? It's like comedy. Like I can't just watch (laughs) comedy anymore, but I'll watch your set. I'll watch your late night set, but Look, I, uh, I'm super open to therapy and I'm excited to take that journey in the future. Have you done pageants? Cause you just, that sounded like a Miss Universe answer right there. <laughs> uh, God knows I, I, I do need it. But uh, as for right now, I do read a lot of books about therapy. Uh, I oh, no. try to work on myself in that sense. Uh, I do a lot of yoga. So oh, yoga is great. And stuff. Mm-hmm. It really uh, like I think my impression of yoga when I was in college because I went to NYU and it's like that was like I think peak like white girl yoga. I mean now it just is, but like you know that was like there was like a cultish following around it. Like they just discovered it, and 
I really had no interest in it. But um, obviously, it's been many years, and obviously, yoga didn't come from white women. But <laughs> but I do like I say that in that like I feel like it took a lot me a long time to get around to the actual like spiritualness of yoga, even though that's always what was like billed. It just felt kind of phony to me. But um, I was in Bali with my I mean, family. I totally agree. I, I remember I went to yoga at the studio, and then they started this chant and. <laughs> And some, and you know, in the, and and I don't know, if it was Hindu or whatever. I don't know what language it was exactly, but I'm pretty sure nobody else in that room knew either. But they all were like, you know, saying words that didn't sound right. It's just they didn't. Know. Okay, yeah, like they were it, trying it on almost. They were trying to, yeah, do some. Ugh, it felt off. But, uh, yeah, it's it's yeah. weird because now I feel like we've slowly moved enough where I'm like the combo isn't just about like. Oh, white people can't do this anymore. I mean, you have some hilarious jokes about um, white women um, that, yeah, maybe you'll do some on late night, but they have me cracking up at the JFL audition. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, I mean, like, it's a nuance. Like, I think when I was growing up, I was so like, oh, anything that others, anything, which generally is true. But now I feel like there's people who grew up in Gen Z who like genuinely uh, start from a more understanding place. So I'm like, yeah, I guess it's not fair to be like, you can't cook Chinese food or whatever, but uh <laughs> you know what i mean i'm like like you go to a boba shop yeah. i went to a boba shop in like indiana and it was all white women working but there was a good boba and it looked like it was probably actually like started by a chinese person but it weirded me out i have to say but then i was like I i'm the weird one like these are college kids who just genuinely want to work and enjoy working at a boba shop I was like, oh, yeah, let the, let, yeah, let, the, let, 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 let your people do better jobs. <laughs> yeah. Stop taking our jobs, but, white girls. <laughs> um, but like, you know, what, what's even funnier to me is like, I, 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 I know this like Indian restaurant that's super popular in LA and it's only Mexican people working there. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that angers me a little less because, but it is still, uh, cause I feel like that's it's like, so what did they say? like yeah, cause it, yeah, I guess so. But you know. It's, it's like the it's funny. don't punch up, punch, no, don't punch down, punch up. I'm like, yeah, no, you panic when you see it. You're like, am I supposed to feel how, like, you know, you just panic. <laughs> if you, if you see something like that, you just fucking panic. You're I do, um, this, I'll proudly share my, my growth is that when I was growing up, well, part of this is really just from my mom saying it. Like, you know, you just, your mom, like not your mom, but moms will just say things like as if they're true until you realize they're not. Like my mom, for example, only ever gets mm -hmm. gas at Chevron still now in like in this economy. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't try the other gas. Yeah, she just like it's better, but like she literally will drive further to get it. But um, that one took uh -huh. me a lot of time Same to learn. Yeah, but okay. So the one that always got me, and then I realized was kind of racist, is like, but racism in a very specific food way, I guess, is like when we go to sushi restaurants when we were younger. If it was like a Chinese owned or Korean owned, she'd be like, no. But now I'm just like, some of this is just business sense. Like Chinese restaurants sometimes make less. Like if you can make mediocre Japanese food in a white community and you're trying like do it you know like I'm not saying like and now many generations have passed where it's like you can pass it down and you don't have to be Japanese to be a good sushi chef but I think that comes from the old days where like it really was like a trade you learned and I think it's very yeah old. but also isn't isn't there a little bit racism and uh, you know Spanish Japanese people is there yeah yeah from the war oh, let's, be, yeah. let's be honest I think it's there truly is yeah no and I think my mom would pass that part but she used to swear like no it's just the food part I'm like I don't know I don't know really yeah okay um <laughs> I just don't want him to touch my food otherwise I don't know. 
well what are we Chinese and she was like no they can't make sushi but I'm like all right I don't know man we're all I mean no matter how deep your roots go you still had to learn it while you were alive on this earth so like I don't know yeah. but I would like to ask you Bianca is there anything yes. you would like to tell me uh, okay I um um basically my friend asked me to serve her ex-boyfriend <gasps> whoa and, papers like mm -hmm. um, oh my god like restraining order wow. restraining order and she told me like she you know and i agreed because i'm a good friend but she like she really didn't give me the details and then okay. i have uh, to first for the I mean, audience say that the look on your face is priceless like there i like i can <laughs> tell the story is good because the way is it's like you're like cut like almost laughing at it but not necessarily because it's funny I don't know yet but it's definitely like there's Look, more to it is what I'm getting yes there's a little bit more to it because this guy is a musician you know and as a uh, stand-up I understand you know <laughs> the part of like, showtime and whatever oh so basically my she god made ah! yeah <laughs> serve him during his show oh. and it was the craziest thing because i come to this show it's like a small little uh club bar had you whatever. ever met him before and then never okay never, never met this guy and this show is popping and everyone is such a good person like oh. they like welcome me in like i go there how alone, do you know right? they're good people it's obviously like when you're and the headliner I'll, you're I'll, gonna be in a good mood are like oh my god hi do you want a drink oh my god and you came for the show it's amazing like all of his friends were just like so nice this never happens you just walk into the like oh my god i love you you're the best and meanwhile i'm just like waiting for him to get off so i can give him the papers and and he they had no idea like you were just like i'm no a fan i'm not gonna be telling them i'm here to serve him that's did they say no. but, but they didn't know you were friends like you're just a fan to them yeah i said i'm just like a fan i'm just here to see <laughs> yeah yeah well, yeah well so like it was a small enough show where his friends were meeting you. yes yeah it was a small little show yeah. so it's like when the comics fill the room and they're they all focus on the one person yeah. who comes in the, oh my god yes yes <laughs> so then finally you know he like he, they took a little break and i walked up to him and he was like, hi, like, you know, he's like excited. And I'm like, I'm sorry. And I just gave him the papers, even though like he's an asshole. You know what I mean? Yeah, Are clearly you know, there's must be a reason, but it's wild. You know, don't feel too bad for him, people. But Wait, you, you served him in a break, like in the middle of the show? Mm -hmm. Like the show hadn't ended? No, 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 no. Oh he my God, that's savage. Yeah. I'm not going to be waiting for the show to end. Like, come on. <laughs> What if he was really no, good, though? Would you have waited? Would you have watched? <laughs> what if he was really good? Oh, my God. Um, oh my wait, God. okay, yeah, so he's a restraining order. I mean, obviously, this was a, 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 a bad situation, so I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and so you're, how close are you with this friend? Or was, was she, like, kind of picking a, kind of a more removed friend to do this? Or are you pretty close? Well, very close now. Maybe before we weren't so close, but uh, I didn't okay. think about that. You know, you think she used me? No, 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 I, I didn't, her. but I'm just like, did you know, I, I was more wondering because I remember, I, I tried to serve my old landlord, but I ended up just... I bet he picked me because he's never met me, so he wouldn't run away. Gotcha, that makes sense. No, <laughs> but to be fair, like, as soon as, like, I, 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 I did that face of, uh, uh, he knew right away. He, like, it was okay. his face. That's knew. a guilty man. Yeah, that, yeah. If, he, if, 
if you see a, a woman you never met before and they yeah like, give you a face you're just it might yeah, not yeah, it might be more wrong, like yeah even more quite maybe he has like multiple and he's like oh this has to be something like it's not the first time you know what i mean like when they just know they're like oh you don't like me and it's because you know something and oops like go to back that back gonna back off um so he took it how did he and then you just left i'm guessing or yes i took a beer and i left <laughs> because they forced me to have it because they still didn't know what i've done oh you know so I mean? they still wanted to buy you a drink they're like come back you know, I'm a guy. <laughs> and meanwhile, your bass player is crying. Anyway. That's so, so that funny. That's also very funny because I, the fact that he came out to meet you, like what you weren't like, like it just worked he, out. He came out because he was so excited to have a fan. And I, I dressed up well. So it was like a hot friend, fan. Oh my God. <laughs> well, like, of course. Yes, I'm going to get a little, I'm going to get some pussy tonight. It's going to be good. It's my night. Yes. <laughs> crushing it and then he gets restrained oh my god that's hilarious did you tell your friend that what did like did oh she was it? waiting outside oh okay she probably enjoyed that part i mean but wow to pick yeah a show i mean i can't even that's i mean you know on him for doing whatever he did to merit that restraining order but just like this that singular moment of imagining like oh hey what's up you came to see my show and then like serve i'm like ah <laughs> but that's a reminder to not be bad in relationships well i shouldn't say bad clearly restraining orders are more than being bad you know without it's getting into the details of it it's yeah. definitely yeah and yeah. and it doesn't i can i can infer look what, what yeah happened. yeah we can we can we, we can take the side of a woman yeah um damn i almost wish you got up on that mic while he was on stage I'm like oh my god are you so and so and then yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And he'd be like, you are oh, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, I was very excited about it because I, you know, you know, I'm an immigrant, right? So like, I, you know, I barely can go to, you know, fucking jury duty or anything. Uh -huh. So this was like my first like ton of like responsibility I had. Ooh, as a participating, like, yeah. Yeah, I, I was participating in the justice system. <laughs> It is like, like, I only went to small claims court for my, my, my very, very petty, petty claim because of a landlord who wouldn't give me back my deposit. But I went during the pandemic. So it was like a whole fiasco. I had to go back a few times. And I did real like, once I finally went, I was like, oh, like, it's so wild that we watch all these TV shows about court. But like, the actual experience should be something we all know, because it's supposedly, and you know, very quote, quote, unquote, supposedly, because I know lawyers with money run the whole thing. But supposedly meant for any American or any, you know, anyone to be able to just say like, hey, you did me wrong. Let's go to court. Here's the fact, settle it. But it's kind of wild. Like even doing my petty claims with my landlord, I felt really like so confused and lost. I, I got it because they didn't even show up, but that's the whole thing is like, they don't, oh wait. So the first time they didn't show up, but then the judge was like out. So, and, and no, so few people showed up that they like- Wait, what's your little claim? What did you want? It was literally like they were just trying to say that there were too many damages to give me back my deposit. It was so petty. I think like they owe me like three hundred fifty dollars, oh, but I was like positive. so mad because I made a whole point and I took videos and I was like, Meh. and then I saw online they do this a lot. But then the day before this last court date, they like said they'd give it back, but they like waited. Like they they do this a lot. But it bugged me so much because when I googled like oh how to do court all these things, there's all these things that I'm like I have no idea. 
um, like you have certain ways you're supposed to talk to the judge. I mean, I guess it's fine if you don't, but obviously if you're experienced, like you would know like, oh, your honor. And then yeah, they wouldn't like, I just imagine. And there was a guy in my courtroom who like didn't speak English and he was very confused because like the other person didn't show up and they had to wait to get a translator. But all of those things, I'm like, damn, it should be so easy to do that, to go to court if it's meant for that. But it's like, oh man, the littlest barrier, like not calling the judge your honor, it can just make the judge mad at you. And then- Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you, don't wanna, <laughs> you don't wanna piss them off. Yeah. No, it's it sucks because like, if you're unlikable and you can be right, it doesn't fucking matter, right? Did you think about it? It's like, just because you're unlikable, you can be fucked. Yeah. And then so many people cruise on being liked and doing bad things. That's kind of like the, the mm -hmm. male musician mm -hmm. uh, archetype. Not all musicians, mm -hmm. but that archetype of like, if you're charming enough in yeah. one aspect of your life, comedians you're too, you know? and you oh, don't have totally. to get deeper. Yeah, it's scary. But anyways, um, but not me. No, I mean, like women tend to do that less because so much of being on stage I mean, obviously women do it too, but like there's more of a, the expectation from society to see the like vulnerability in your performance um, that I feel like it's harder to fake. Although obviously I'm speaking very broadly. Um, there yeah. is no binary in gender, but in the sense of like how society views, like sort mm -hmm. of like your male heartthrob versus your female heartthrob. I feel like they scrutinize every girl's decision way more. I'm sorry. I yeah i started noticing it more and more somehow and it's just scary it's scary to me like uh, you have you know with comics it's a great example like you know you have uh amy schumer and i feel like no matter what this girl says people will be upset it doesn't freaking matter you mm -hmm. know and, and it, it, scares, it scares me i'm like, like give her a break you know give her a freaking yeah. like yeah true you wouldn't think she'd already made it technically i mean but it's like the bigger you get, the more people just want to hate more you. Hate. More hate, yeah. And it's opposite for men. Uh, I mean, not for all men, but definitely there's this feeling like once you become the greats, they're no matter what you do, they're just like, oh, don't touch him. Yeah. You can say whatever you want. Like I see it like, because she's on the level with the, the, the other goats, right? Like yeah. she's the only female who makes that much money. And like, you know, these, uh, these other guys like can say whatever they want. And people are like, yeah, they're amazing. We love you. And she says something like, I hate you. Stupid fucking God. How could you say that? Like, okay. <laughs> like people yeah. are upset that he fired her uh, doula right now. I'm like, she can fire whoever she wants to fire. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. If she oh doesn't want to have a person in her house, she doesn't need to. Like, why are you upset about it? I have not even like heard that, but that doesn't surprise me like that, that some would be reported at That's all. the level. That's what I'm saying. That's the level of yeah. stupidity. Like. Well, yeah, because it was interesting. Like the, I mean, I didn't really read too much about it, but I had watched Ali Wong's last special and I love her and I still love her and she's a great comic mm -hmm. and this has nothing to do with that. But because she talks so much about her marriage and then when it came out that she was getting yeah. divorced, I was like, oh, but then also like, I think about all the like, male comedians who are on like third whatever fourth marriages or whatever and even like exactly. john mulaney who's very public divorce i don't connect like when i think of him i remember that as like an aside but it's not the first thing i think of whereas i don't and i'm sure he talked about marriage too but for some reason with ali wong like in my mind it's so connected to her material and i think that's my bias like i don't think it's actually yeah she, because talks, yeah. we're raised in the same freaking system yeah it's you know, so as, weird 
that is kind of thing. But it's so true. And it's interesting that you you brought it up because like people are upset because she was talking about she wants to cheat on her husband. And, so, and then people are like, oh my gosh, you probably did it. Ah. I'm like, who doesn't want to cheat on their husband? Just <laughs> shut up. Plus if she did it, like none of, like whether she said it or not would have no, no effect on if she did it. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, like if she exactly. was going to do it and be a bad bad wife she was gonna do that so like that has nothing to do with her material like it's just yeah, yeah I don't know when men like go on stage and like shit on their wives it would be like oh she's so annoying it's like mm -hmm. is that better mm -hmm. like <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't know mm -hmm. yeah. but um yeah wow okay I feel like <laughs> I have like I love this story because I feel like it's gonna become knowing that you're on your rise like it's gonna be fold into like a dramatic portrayal but I am curious how, have you like like you're talking about like playing your part are you into like court like you know uh what is it the law and order so like do you watch that stuff or this is <laughs> like wh where was this excitement always been okay so you know as a foreigner I've always been fascinated by uh, the legal system in America the idea that you can sue anyone at any time that doesn't that doesn't fly in other countries you just don't <laughs> do it you don't have that mentality you know what I mean yeah so it's very interesting to me that um you can do stuff like that. And I remember the first time I got familiar with this was when I was uh, 17, I lived in Denmark and I went to this kind of like something, college, high school, something in between. And I met this girl, she was from America. Shout out to Allison. And she was able to afford it because when she was a little girl, I guess she lost a finger oh, in no. some bike. And then I guess her mom sued the company and then she had a bunch of money. And so with the money, oh, she was beautiful stuff. But I remember thinking like, oh my God, if I lost my finger as a five-year-old, I would just be a poor 17-year-old without a finger. Like there's a no way that I would be able to get any money from the company that, you know, sold my mom the, the bike. It's just like, no. So it's just like really cool. In some ways, it's really cool that you can, you know. Um, that is such a like, I love hearing it from your perspective because I have such a sour view of the legal system because of... Um, yeah, I mean, not to say people abuse it for sure. Remember? No, 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 but, but it's designed that you can, if you want and you have enough like ambition, even if you don't have the money, like there are ways to win, but it is harder, obviously. But like, I, I, li I like that perspective of like, like in other countries, it's a non-starter. You can't even begin to yeah. find the um, what compensation. Um, but mm -hmm. that is why yeah. I like th saying that because when you said that, like my mind, I was like the American dream, which is obviously not the American dream to get injured and make money, but kind of, <laughs> I feel like it is now. <laughs> like, so many yeah. scammer stories come out no, about just people trying to do fraud. Do you remember um, when there was like a person who was deaf and he was coming to shows? To oh my God. Yes. Shows. He was doing these stand up shows because they didn't have uh, headsets for, for him. He just and didn't they weren't even, it was literally, literally just trying to get money out of poor broke comics. So well, he was doing venues too. And then he was doing it with, um, with a lawyer that like, I think goes after these kinds of like, kind of like, just like, oh, class action. But I remember, cause I, you know, I, this was in the comedy community for guests who don't know, like this short version is, you know, it sounds like we should probably think about ADA at, for sure. But this was a guy who would like target shows not go like that's the thing people were literally printing out eventbrite so that they could check them off because they're like this guy didn't come and he would say he was there and it was like they, they didn't have anything so then a lot of the comics talked to each other and very quickly were like okay so you have to have a sign up and this and that and we were like sharing the hearing devices between shows but he wasn't actually like wanting to watch 
you know what? If this guy, look, I'm, it would have sucked, but if this guy really was like, I really wanted to watch, you know, <laughs> I, like, I just really wanted to watch Good Heroin and they didn't have it. And that was what started that. And at the end of all this, he got to watch it. Like, I might be like, oh, that kind of sucks for some people along the way. But like, at least, at least he wanted to watch. But no, this is a guy who didn't even come to the show. Like, if he could hear, he'd be like, oh, I'm going to walk out. Like, that, <laughs> that's so rude. That's so rude. And then these broke, broke comics got sued thousands and thousands of yeah. dollars. Oh, my God. Same. I worked for a company that my last day job, like kind of way out in LA, like in the very Asian area. Uh, and I say that like, if you're local in LA, I don't mean like, there's a bunch of Asians. Like literally it's like, the, like um, historically, I think it's one like out in Alhambra, Rosemead area. Like there's some mm-hmm. historical mm-hmm. Um, Asian immigrant towns. And they, and that's a big thing like those. Cause I think a lot of times, like you're talking about immigrant community, there's this I think your first view of it, of the legal system, could be really good or bad, but there's definitely more of like sort of your every, like there's lawyers also trying to get rich in there that are kind of like scammy lawyers too. And they'll go in those communities because there's a lot more room for error, especially in small businesses. Mm -hmm. And my last boss like had that happen a few times where it's like, I mean, I'm not saying his business was perfect, but by far I've worked at like big corporate um, white companies that have yeah. literally paid lawyers more to shut down things that were actually like worth complaining about. And at the small company of like six people, he said like before they had um, like a, kind of a lawyer come in with someone and like kind of be like, oh, you guys don't vlog hours because it's so small. Like, so they actually started doing stuff like making people clock in and out, which big companies like, I feel like don't even really want to do those like fingerprints if you're like in um, an office, you know, mm-hmm. but legally there has to be a system and they were just suing them for money like it's wild that that's like a whole business is going after small businesses everybody who has like a if you're working in a like um just generally the highest you can make on average in comedy it's gonna be lower 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 than your mediocre lawyer you know like on average if you're working in an industry that is not equal like that we should just be given a degree for something else like (laughs) you know what i mean like you should because it's like, I think I talk about this with my boyfriend all the time because he's doing finance and just like, we both work really hard and, you know, we see each other as equals in the sense that like, I don't feel like I'm lesser when I make less, but there are times when I'm like- I was about to say, you are, you guys are equals, but I hope he pays for dinners. Well, but what I'm, yeah, I mean, he does that because we're in a society where I would feel lesser if he didn't pay for dinner, but, Uh um, you know, but, but- Point B, yeah, it is kind of a double-edged sword for him because he has to see me as equal, but then still pay for me. But I did yeah. get upset once because I was like, not with him, but just with this. I was like, I'm working super hard and just as hard as you. And no, the hardest I work and the most I can make right now, like unless I suddenly you know, get a big break, it's just never going to compare to what you make in a year. And and it's not because- Don't you ever. It's not going to compare for a little bit. Right, for, for late, Positive yeah. Positive thinking. You taught me that at the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> True. Eventually I'll get there. But yeah. it, it's just wild to think that if I work like... I mean, it's impossible to be an artist. And if you don't have that support system, uh, whether it's your boyfriend or your mom or really hard work like a few years ago where you saved up or whatever. <laughs> it is. Uh, I mean, how are you supposed to do it, right? If you are, yeah. you know, if we know how little we're getting paid. Um, and you have even to either be an out- the- you have to be outside of society. It's almost yeah. like back in the day when like Shakespeare or whatever, they literally oh, yeah. were like nomads. It's absolutely the same. And then, you know, we're all hoping that we're going to get a big break and then you make the good money. But, yeah. but even with the good money, if you count 
those 10 years of suffering, <sighs> it's not, you know, it, it feels like, oh my God, it's so much money. But like, if you divide it, yeah, it's still not you know, worth it's it. Like, it. Really? You know, with the hours and driving and bowling alleys and the permanent damage <laughs> from not going to get like regular colds checked up because not having health. Oh, yeah. No, no healthcare. I mean, please. Come on. Oh, man. Wild. But, okay, so, but then what made you, because you moved to America and then did comedy, but, like, I, I love hearing this origin of you being drawn to the legal system, because <laughs> I think it's super fun to tap into that, because there is this, I mean, I've talked about, like, some stuff about this before, but just in general, like, I had more bad experiences with, like, work and legal, but, like, the big companies, kind of, <laughs> the way the systems are set up. Okay, where... Well, okay, if we, we want to talk about what I've been really fascinated with, it's just a jury, just having okay. a jury. Like, okay. I it's not like that back home from where i'm from from czech republic for you guys czechia i guess got renamed recently uh and i don't remember i mean maybe we do now i don't know i haven't lived in that country for 12 years but i don't remember having jury, jury, uh -huh. jury. we only had a judge and it was all up to the judge so the okay. idea that you have like a regular folks getting together and deciding things they have no clue about it's crazy <laughs> I do really like that. It just sucks that jury duty is on the other end so difficult to do yeah. and not lose yeah. and, and those folks hate it. They hate it. They hate it. <laughs> they hate it. It well, that some of that's tied to how we design our like work nine to five capitalist system to literally make you feel like you. Can't but get out. in a way, I think there is something to it. The fact that they hate it, I think it would be probably worse if they loved it, right? So the fact yeah. that they hate it makes them a little bit more unbiased you know because they they're not going there into oh i'm gonna get this guy or oh they're kind of like oh, okay let me see and then maybe that's what we need to have like maybe we should instead of a president we should have a jury you know we need people who don't really want to do that job but they will do it because they they feel the need because the country needs them and you know we just select it we just select 10 yeah, people select every 10 days to be the president yeah, for 10 days to be president I like that because it's, it's like well, it can't be too long because then you get power trips. But like ten days, yeah, you know, ten people that feels fair. In, in Switzerland, I think you have four presidents in Switzerland, and they rotate. Wait, where? Oh no, in the future. In Switzerland, in Switzerland, they have. Four oh, they presidents. do. Mm -hmm, I think so. Yeah, like one, the, uh, here, one has like the one. The big, the big crown. The big, the big yeah, the big, the big, crown big, the big hat. Year. That's how you know. The big hat for one important. year. They like rotate. I think that's what it is. Maybe I like I'm that. Not. I like that there's a rotation. I think in like UN or some special councils, they do that where it's like mm -hmm. they're all kind of people in power, but their titles change. And that is cool to me because if you rotate, then you have this element of knowing that whoever's in charge, you might be that person one day. So you kind of want to be empathetic, but also that mm -hmm. they'll lose their power. So, you, you know, you're going to, you're not going to fight them too hard or whatever, but also like, you can't go crazy when it's your turn. Cause literally someone he else is going to be. Yeah. Going back to being a comedian, do you feel now you have more empathy for other comics? For female comics for comics who are because like there's this tendency and I, it's so funny like yesterday i was listening to actually not comics i was listening to just uh friends talking about like uh, one particular comic female comic who i'm not a huge fan of but uh -huh. the way they were talking about her it was i was i was getting a little bit agitated because i was like Ooh, okay you know whether i like her or not there's she put a lot of work into her craft and it's not just like and she's unfunny like no there is craft in it and she's very successful and 
it, it could maybe it was coming more from some sort of like internal like I don't like that sh people like her but not me versus like because I yeah I think I know what you're saying but like specifically towards female comics in the sense that we judge them harsher based on like like yes. you know oh they're too pretty or they're they're not funny yeah, but they, yeah, you know, yeah, they yeah. only well like for this or that uh -huh. kind of thing yeah yeah um, I feel no. like I'm getting I don't know I don't know I'm just getting like more sensitive to it I'm like just you know the whole idea of like she's funny she's not funny honey there's no such thing as being objectively funny there's always going to be someone who's going to say no she's not no he's not always right, right. in every so, show like you literally don't get everyone laughing at everything all the time even if they no. leave saying you're funny like that's interesting that we do that because I don't say that to guys unless someone's like, what do you think of this guy? Then I would be like, eh, he's not that funny. If someone asked me for like a recommendation, even that I try not, you know, cause it's, it's like, it hurts so much, but, um, I do. Yeah. Maybe I used to think that more for women. I'm trying to think it's been a minute. I think because I started in New York and it was so like at us too, like the first year or two, there was a lot of judging each other. But once you kind of, make it through there's a big like all the women kind of group up and like are almost like battle survivors almost because in the beginning they weren't booking us on the same show so you really didn't get to meet a lot of the other female comics and you heard about them and whatever but usually you saw them as competition but you then heard about it yes i'm not alone right but then when you're like three or year three or four i feel like that's when people who are still around you're just kind of like oh yeah we yeah. yeah i remember when i used to be like Oh, I have to wear like a hoodie and like oh my long God, jeans on stage. Of course. Just be dressed like a guy so they take it seriously. Yeah. Meanwhile, I don't know if it's even true. It's just maybe in your head. I, you know, I had a conversation with a guy about this at a festival, and he he's maybe only I think he was only a couple of years in, but he, and he was saying the girls he talked to were a couple of years in too. But but and he, I, I like that he shared his point of view. Like I, I'm not gonna blow up his spot, but um, he was asking me genuinely like what I thought about it, but his perspective was that like how you dress does affect how people see you a little more harsher towards women than men and I I don't think he was aware of that until we got really into it because he was like well like I wouldn't like go on stage in basketball shorts but but I know that's what he meant because he was like asking like do you feel like if you dress like kind of like slutty or hot that will make you unfunny and in the first few years I did think that and then I realized that like the bar audience that thinks that is not the like the Colbert booker you know what I mean like you're not going on TV in a hoodie like you're gonna have a glam crew you're gonna like everyone understands that once you make it you're allowed to do whatever the fuck you want they just want they just don't want to feel like you're too good for them and that's in their head and anyone who thinks that you might be too good for them like mm. no offense like but kind of right because you're not saying oh, that if they're I saying like that, right? If they're like, oh my God, look at this girl. She thinks she's better than me. And you didn't say that. They probably think you're better than them. Like, that's all I like that. That's, sometimes you have that feeling, right? That's that's a very specific feeling. That, and I try know, to like come down you. and not because I don't think that, but you know, I understand that, no. you know, as like a tall woman who, you know, like yeah. whatever. Like, I mean, there's so many things that yeah. you can live. Yeah. Yeah. God damn, it's very true. Uh, and I definitely share, I think, I mean, I would think most female comics share that same journey of dressing down for the first five, six years. Do you feel like, so because you brought up the having more empathy. So this is kind of more recent. Was it more due to like 
um, just kind of being away from comedy, like in COVID, or is it more like because of your experiences, you kind of like see more perspectives about it? Yeah, I just, I don't, it might be both, you know, it might be both. Uh, taking that break, understanding that like stand up is not, uh, we're not curing cancer here. We're just stupid people <laughs> with thoughts. It requires lots of, lots of work, but. At the end of the day, you shouldn't take it too, as life in general, you shouldn't take too seriously. And um, and then just like in general, looking how women, you know, treat each other and, and, um, and uh, how I would wish things were and how things really are, you know? Yeah, I think that it's okay to be in part of society and also want to make it better like I know it's like a weird yeah. place to be but like for example if I started right away being like like and there are these two like there are people who just choose to be an extreme like fuck all men or whatever and that's actually not my viewpoint but you know the bra burning old like old version of feminism where you're just like no man but that's like like the straight woman no man you know what I mean like mm -hmm. it's a very specific mm -hmm. like I hate men but also I like them and and that yeah it's like a very very specific like binary view of equality I think and I think that mm -hmm. you know that's not wrong because if in a world of all opinions that should be one but hopefully not mm -hmm. all and so I think I've come more around to like oh yeah I think also what if I feel less angry about certain issues than others doesn't mean I'm all for it either and I, no. I mean I'm just speaking hypothetically but sometimes I feel like we all have to be on super angry or super happy about and I'm like sometimes I'm in the middle like sometimes yeah. I feel like confused and I think mm -hmm. I like that because that means there's room for change um in the zeitgeist but yeah I just wish okay so if, there, if I will, uh, were to wrap it up I just wish as much and this is my my conflict is as much as I'm like you know we are all uh, thriving for equality and all that and the times are really fucked up right now but with that said uh, you know, women going against men, sure. But then I look at how we treat each other as women. And I'm not very happy with that either. You know, yeah. I'm not. I wasn't very happy about the whole Ember. This is the funny thing we mentioned at the beginning. Ember and Johnny Case uh, made me sick. Made me sick. Not not made me sick the way women talked about her. Um, because I will say I like actively try not to see like, but it was so in my face. But I like swipe through everything. It was so disgusting because like regardless. What if she, okay, the worst scenario here, she made it up. What did she make up? Like, I mean, I don't know. It was, he clearly, there are tapes where he is being violent. He's being crazy and he's a drug addict. Okay, she made up some stuff to make him look worse. Okay, let's say she did that. Okay, good. Now, my question is why are people on the internet saying she should die and fucking murder her and she's a bitch slut? And uh, I haven't seen that outrage against fucking. Uh, Weinstein, who is convicted felon. Mm. I did not see that much outrage when he was going to jail that I saw yeah. with this woman who did not rape anyone. She didn't kill anyone. Like, yeah, she maybe is a bad person, but she's fucking calm down. Like, if they could burn her, it felt like they would. I mean, at least people on the internet, of course, like that's... You're right. It's that not. old witch, witch hunt mentality. And some of it, I think, because yeah. I mean, I really didn't watch this. I don't want to speak too much on the specifics, but I, I'm aware of like how that trial played out in in a very like circusy way but um i do think there is something about that that's like damned if you do damned if you don't because like and it's not like the best case scenario and i say this best in like really really like bold quotes that aren't 
like given all the situation of what we knew, like at the start of the trial, the best case scenario is that she was 100% telling the truth, which meant she was abused, which is still not a good case. You know what I mean? Like, so we're already looking at a situation that is just like not good in general. And I think that's where it starts. It's like, because that's the best case and then people feel they have to have an opinion. The worst case is like, like you said, she made it all up or she's crazy and she drove him crazy. But along the, that line, like all of it's kind of bad. And I think for yeah. them both to get there, it <laughs> implies a lot of bad choices on both their parts, but definitely in this situation when we're talking about women, like how did we let it get to the point where there's violence on women is so accepted if mm -hmm. she asked for it because she was crazy. Mm -hmm. And like, I think that's the thing people don't want to accept. And that's why they say things like, oh, let's kill her. Because in their mind, I think they're thinking that's what, that's the problem. That's what they wanted to do. Violence on women. And they couldn't. And now the law comes in and now they're they, like, yeah, now they're saying she was abusing him. So she, you know, it was, it was bizarre. It was very bizarre. I mean, again, I also didn't follow it very deeply, but I, I just didn't like the outrage. I just thought it was yeah. crazy. It sounded like now, they were both bad in the relationship and did bad it things it sounded to each like other. the worst the worst were people <laughs> but but the fact that they made it i think the lawyers also like that's to me my impression and, and i'm like okay i'm like this like little glimmer of hope from your childhood bianca because i'm like there, there is like a lot of like the you know mcdonald's hot cups like as silly as that was like now they tell us so there's like real things that change it's just when I see all the like lawyers just profiting from all the sides, it like makes me so mad. But maybe, hey, who knows? Maybe my kid will be a lawyer and then I'll love oh, it. Oh, I'm going to hire your child. Yeah. My um, but anyhow, you know, all I wanted to say was, I don't, we don't want to speak about this crazy thing that thankfully sort of over. But uh, I just, again, saying was just like, calm down. Like, everyone. <laughs> don't calm. tell me to calm down. I'm not crazy. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, don't, don't say don't say horrible things about other people. Yeah. Be kind to each other, and that's uh, my speech. And I'm Miss World, Bianca Cristobal. Yeah. I love it. Um, well, I had a quick game to end on. Do you have like three minutes, or you have to go? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, well, this is I actually wrote this the last time. So, um, so this will some of this is um, okay. Now I remember what this is. It's called check yes or no. Okay. <laughs> actually, it's kind of tied to what we're talking about, like different customs and beliefs, because it's not okay. So I'll just. Let me just read what I wrote. Having dual identities means you can customize your portfolio of myths, customs, values, and traditions to your own taste. It's like make your own salad bar, but instead of avocado, you can add two New Year's celebrations. For example, in Chinese culture, it's disrespectful to get tattoos, but in American culture, it's disrespectful to be respectful of your parents. So this game um, is called Check Yes or No, basically. And I looked these up on the internet, so it's possible that some of them are not real and you can definitely dispel any myths. But um, some of these are American customs, some of them are Czech customs, and then um, I'm just going to read it, describe it, and you can say, like, if you feel like that's one that, because you can kind of choose which ones you like, or, or if it's not real at all, you can update it. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> I got them from the internet. Okay. I'm excited. <laughs> this is the first one. It's a, it's a, a Czech, um, a Czech tradition. It's not a tradition. It's more custom. These are, like, people. Okay. Do. Okay. It's baby talk for everyone. Like all Slavic languages, because there are diminutive words for, for there are diminutives for most words, so Czech language has opportunities for sounding cute. So in English, we settle for things like doggy, kitty, cutie. In Czech, the scope is much wider. For example, you can figure out how much someone likes you by which version of your name they use. Um, mm -hmm. Katarina becomes, in order of friendliness, Katka. I, I can't. I don't know if I'm reading this. Katsa, Kasenka. The linguistic Kasenka. Okay, so. Um, 
so basically saying that um, using baby baby talk um, yeah. and being cute, like sort of like that, that sort of vibe is um, a big part of the Czech language. I think it's true. Uh, yeah, I think it's true. Yeah. I like this one. I think we should always, I mean, baby talk is how you start to talk when you actually experience raw emotions for the first time. Why not carry that mm -hmm. into adulthood? Yeah, only because men make it creepy, but okay. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, the, the content of the baby talk, you know, like if <laughs> that, that, like, yeah, let's definitely put a huge disclaimer there. Okay. American custom, tipping waiters, restaurant goers outside the US rarely worry about leaving tips for waitstaff. Sounds unfair until you realize the service industry employees tend to earn higher hourly wages than their American counterparts. And um, often service jobs are dependent on tip income and generally, instead of being just grateful for tips received since they expect it. So this oh, yeah. is American. I'm very European in this sense. I, I, like, uh, I like the European way. I don't understand well, I mean, obviously, I'm a good tipper now because I, you know, I feel bad. But I don't understand why is it up, why is it on uh, the clients, the customers, to be paying your wage? Why is it not your employer? Like, I mean, the, the I mean, at least in LA, one meal in a, in an average restaurant costs around seventeen dollars without tax. I mean, where's his money coming? Like, why isn't he paying yeah. you guys? I don't understand. Why you, you know, I agree because if it well, it, I'm gonna just like sort of be picky about. The, what you said about um, why is it on us to pay because if it truly were on us to pay the staff but not also on top of that all these other like stupid marketing things that we're paying for right like well that's the price right like all oh, the all like the lives and this and that if it was just like okay we have to decide how much on a scale of like five to ten dollars we want to pay and that's the meal fine but it's not like they they already set the price based on the sticker price and then you have to do it so i agree i don't like it i was just traveling in mm -hmm. greece and i definitely agree the european way is better like you can mm -hmm. still leave t like you you can you always can, leave exactly. a tip you if want, you're happy you can, you can leave whatever you want yeah you yeah and then also it leaves less room for people like me who i'm like when i travel i'm like i don't want to be rude i want to do it right but i'm like but i don't want to like, go crazy like it's when i ask should i give a tip it's not like hey i really liked you i'm like hey are you going to talk shit about me when I, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I'll give you a tip if it's expected, but sometimes I'm not actually like, also, I need I a tip. I feel like the waiters can, you know, of course, like, you know, you, you can say, okay, what about the waiters? But I also think like for them, it means that if you have an asshole um, customer and who doesn't, you know, that happens all the time. They, you know, you have a party of six and they give you a shitty tip, right? In America. And then you're pissed because you make $12 an hour yeah. and then you were in like a hundred dollar tip or something. But that you wouldn't be pissed in Europe. Yeah, it doesn't go the other way. Yeah, yeah. you can't. Yeah, it wouldn't, you would be like, oh, okay, it would be just a matter. Of, it wouldn't be that uh, offensive, and you know. So yeah, agree. I think it's better. For everyone. Okay, here's one. Um, Amer an American custom: dressing up on Halloween. The U.S. take on Halloween has only recently begun to catch on in other countries. Although some people find it bizarre and point to um, another, point it to as another example of America's tendency to commercialize everything. Hmm. Others are envious. Um, uh, oh, here's a quote. When my first Halloween came and my friends explained to me that I was too old to go trick-or-treating, it almost broke my heart. This is from <laughs> someone who moved to the U.S. from Poland when she was 26. Uh, <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on the costumes of Halloween? super cute. I always thought this tradition is super awesome, that you can dress up as what I mean, I think there needs, we need a little bit more rules. It got a little <laughs> bit out of control, <laughs> out of control a little bit. Yeah. Well, yeah, you if you live in West Hollywood, you dress up like a profession. You can. Get, I'm a police officer. Like, what the fuck? 
fuck. <laughs> True. Although I feel like um, the people do that, like, I mean, it's like strippers or whatever, like year round, right? Like, isn't that, I mean, it's just like, I people have a fascination with uniforms. Um, but yeah, that is a, hollow. I love Halloween. I have nothing bad to say about it. Yeah. It's more if people no. do bad things as on bad people, not on Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Halloween is great. Here's one from Czech. Uh, it says Nahubi, which in parentheses, mushroom picking. It says only in Czech Republic is mu- mushroom picking considered a national sport. Czech wisdom has it that all, <laughs> all, all mushrooms are edible. Some are only edible once. I, <laughs> okay, I get that. I believe you have, uh, it says, I walked through a forest for five, or five hours and I found one mushroom. So you have to, you have to be good to succeed. A Czech expert is able to find enough mushrooms on a singles day jaunt to be dried to last the year. Are yeah. these are mushrooms big? It's a thing. I never it's knew that. Thing. That's it's fascinating. Really... Yeah, you bet. Yeah, you gotta be careful. <laughs> Do you have you picked mushrooms in the wild? Uh, yes, I have. Mm-hmm. With my grandparents, or you know, oh, even awesome. my girlfriends. Yeah. Super fun. It's super cute. You have a little basket. You go around. You pick some stuff. I don't remember actually eating the shrooms after, but I remember picking them. That's so cool, man. I wish we did more things like that here. But also, <laughs> it would probably be like commercialized too. Like, oh, you have to pay $10 to go into this field to pick them. <laughs> um, okay, here's the final one. American custom, opening gifts in front of the giver. Um, it says, it's always lovely to receive a gift, although it may seem polite to open a present in front of the giver in order to thank them personally. It doesn't work that way everywhere. Some Asian cultures, it's considered rude to open gifts immediately after receiving them. You may actually be seen mm. as greedy for doing so. I thought this was interesting because it's such a like, unless you have any thoughts on it, it's kind of, to me, it's like, it depends more on what society thinks. Like, I don't really care either way. Yeah, no, but I mean, there is a little bit of, I have to say there is a little bit of a pressure, right? When, when you, you're forced to open the gift in front of a person who gave it to you and then you have to like fake excitement <laughs> if you don't like it. You're like, ah, thank you. That's how you know. The voice always gets a little higher. <laughs> I love um, giving people personal gifts, but I think, yeah, I definitely feel so weird about this because I was raised in an Asian household where they're like, don't open stuff, but then people will give me things. And then I feel like people expect, like, I'm like, thank you. And yeah, then, like, because put it away. You just put it away. Ah, oh, thank you. And just throw it <laughs> you know, in a corner. <laughs> but yeah, thank I'm always you. like, should I open it? What do you want me to do? Like, dad, ah, tell me. Like, yeah. So in America, if if it's your birthday, uh, my birthday is coming up. In America, if it's your birthday, it's a custom that um, people pay for you, right? Because it's your birthday, a drink, sonita. In my country, it's your birthday. You're supposed to pay for everyone. Really? Oh. Yeah. And I was, (laughs) I I witnessed once a huge scene between my uh, my friend and her brother who came visit from Czech, and it was his birthday, and but he was celebrating in here in America, and it was his birthday, so he wanted to pay for everyone because that's the custom in my country. But it was because we were in America and around her American friends, everyone was like, "Well, we're gonna pay for you," and literally it got so bad. What huge fight, huge like a real serious fight, like no joke. What? And then he walked out, he stormed out of the restaurant <gasps> because they wouldn't let him pay. Oh it was my like, God, great. that is yeah. a great example of this game because it's like, because of how it's embedded in his brain, he almost feels like it's yeah. disrespectful that they didn't yeah. let him do the birthday tradition. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Oh, thank you for and sharing that's how that. I know I'm American now because fuck yeah, pay for me. <laughs> You're like, yeah, you pay for me even if it's not my birthday, it's fine. 
Well, thank you for coming on this pod. Um, Bianca, tell people where they can. Yeah, um, tell people where they can find you or like follow you. On Instagram and on Twitter, and Bianca Cristobal. Simple as that. Sweet, and uh, watch watch her late night set. I'll link to it. Yeah, hopefully it's out by now. And uh, then yeah, come see me at the store or or whatever alt show in in Hollywood. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for listening to You Can Tell Me Anything. You Can Tell Me Anything is a comedic podcast created and produced by Teresa Lee on the Hoo Ha Ha Podcast Network. The Hoo Ha Ha team is Ashley McAtee, Audrey Povar, Maggie Ruth Austin, Cardi Assad, and Stephanie Binot. The theme song for this podcast was created by Cody Johnston. The outro music was written by Shipwrecked Sailor. And the Hoo Ha Ha app can be found in the Apple Store to stream your favorite comedy series and laugh out loud podcasts by the funniest woman in comedy. To contact this podcast specifically, you can email tellmeanythingpod at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at tellmeanythingpod. Thank you.